Big Red Revival. Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, season three, episode one. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. And with me, as usual, we got QB1, Zach Raby. Zach, what's happening, man? Oh, you know, happy to be back for a third season. Um, seems like it's been a while since we had the last episode, and we'll get into that. But uh, much has changed. And so um, I, I'm kind of a little overwhelmed about the the amount of things we're going to be having to uh, to talk through and break down today, but uh, I'm here for it and happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, not much has changed since that last offseason. I think the last time we left off was uh, after Nebraska went to Rutgers and squeezed out a nice, ugly W to finish the season, and uh, that's the last time we spoke. So it's been, you know, eight or nine months, um, and like I said, uh, the world has changed completely, at least the world of college football and college athletics going forward. So, yeah, a lot has happened. But uh, besides that, man, what's what else has been going on in life, man? You know, we, we've had, like we said, a lot happened. You know, the baseball team won the Big Ten Championship since we left off. Um, the basketball team's been doing nothing but signing four and five-star guys, you know, getting the, the hopes high for Husker basketball season of what could be. And, uh, you know, a bunch of turmoil, turmoil in the football season. So what's been going on personally? What have you been up to? Oh, you know, just uh, as they say, same shit, different day, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just uh, really uh, kind of anticipating, uh, you know, the upcoming football season. I, You know, it's it became August and all of a sudden there's a little crispness in the air each morning. Um, so, you know, it's getting close. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, – you know, between the two of us, we each had a daughter uh, um, have a birthday yeah, and, you know, yeah. we're getting through the the dog days of August and, you know, it's been a summer. It just seems like it's been so busy. So that's a good thing to right. kind of keep your mind off the lack of football and, and things like that. But, um, you know, just yeah. days keep you on know, passing and, and we keep on living. So, right. That's, those are facts. Yeah. No, the summers went by super quick. And, you know, I think it's because the NBA season went on so long, like the NBA finals went to, you know, damn near the end of July. And usually that ends the first, about the first week of June. So uh, with the finals going all the way till mid to late July, and all of a sudden it, you, you blink and it's fucking August 4th. So, um, and, and, and they already started summer league last night. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, with Nebraska playing in week zero, it's like, okay, it's a really short uh, summer window, but, you know, we kind of got the Olympics here in the meantime. You've been watching any of the Olympics? Yeah, kind of in and out. Um, you know, I'd, I'd watch more of the basketball team, but it's their games are like at midnight, so that's yeah, not always doable for me. But right. um, I don't know. I, I, you know, there's there's been all the controversy, you know, with with everything going on in the Olympics and Simone and every everything, but and the fact that maybe they weren't even going to have it um, before they started, right. and so um, you know, with the with that being said, I just still feel like I'm not I'm not really able to get into it as much and. Um, I think it's just because maybe it's so far away and, you know, the, the, the timing and, you know, the times of day that, you know, stuff's on, it's, it's hard to really like stay, uh, you know, stay into it. Yeah. It's cause, uh, you know, we've been trying to watch that like prime time, the re broadcast of, uh, all the shit that happened early in the morning. But by that time you already done seen it on Twitter or whatever, you know, 
what had already happened. So, but just w- been mm-hmm. watching a little bit, you know, the gymnastics, the swimming, uh, been, the track and field's been good. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's something to, you know, scratch the edge in between, you know, the finals and, and football season kicking off. So, but, uh, you know, it's enough, enough of the small talk shit. You know, there's been a lot to happen uh, in college football. And really, there's been a lot to happen uh, within Husker Nation since we last left off. I mean, there's a litany of things. Uh, so I don't even know where to start. I guess, I don't know, let's start with the most recent thing. Um, you know, Bill Moose uh, abruptly retired. And I say that in quotes uh, for the yeah. people listening uh, <laughs> listen to the podcast, re- retired. And uh, we, uh, Trevor Howard took over. So uh, just initially when this situation just happened, what, three weeks ago, um, just kind of out of the blue, getting ready for the season. And all of a sudden, Bill Moose announces a retirement, which uh, no one really bought that as a, a retirement, more of a forced retirement. And of course, there's mm-hmm. rumors flying about what what the issue is or what was happening or whatever. You know, we'll never really get the full truth of what was going on. But uh, in the day, he's out, and uh, you know, we paid him apparently for the rest of his contract to retire, which that's not how things work. But uh, <laughs> and then we got to, went on a search and we landed on Trev Alberts. Where did what did you think about the initial? part of uh, Bill Moose retiring, quote unquote, and then uh, about Trev Howard's uh, getting hired. Yeah, I mean, I think this was definitely something that probably was, you know, planned in the background for some time. Um, Right. You know, just knee-jerk reaction, you know, once we started to get, you know, whatever might, the the facts, um, as they say, uh, whether they're facts or not, but um, it just, it kind of sounds like, you know, maybe Bill Moose was more of a placeholder. Um, and you know, you know, I, I was, uh, I was a little taken back and, and, you know, I, I didn't see that as, as the case, you know, for, for the entire time that he was, he was here. I mean, it seems like, you know, he, he did a lot in the short, short amount of time he was here. And, you know, the fact that we kind of gave him that treatment is it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit and nothing against Trev Alberts. Um, you know, I think that anyone that's been around, um, you know, the state and the, and I say state because he hasn't left the state, but um, just right. <laughs> even even, you know, the University of Nebraska knows he's a great guy. But, you know, what Bill Moose kind of did in his short time is really just kind of it takes you back when you look at that that uh, that body of work, because not I mean, not only did he make some you know pretty good hires and, you know, kind of and, and got and kind of uh, got things going with uh, this this gr- great big facility, but. Um, he also navigated a global pandemic when, you know, right. everything was so uncertain. He he did, you know, fr- from, you know, the public eye seemed like he was kind of putting on, you know, a very strong front. But um, as you mentioned, there are, uh, you know, a good amount of rumors swirling that um, maybe maybe he wasn't, you know, putting on that that united front. And he might have been a little, you know, standoffish and and, uh, you know, whatever they might say. But. Yeah, a lot of question marks still to this day, and and I I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah, and I mean, if you know enough donors or former football players or enough uh, members of the Lincoln Country Club, um, you've probably you've probably heard the rumors going around. Um, you know, I'll leave those uh, for everybody's imagination, and you know, if you know, you know. So, uh, but you know, it, the thing about the Trevor Alberts thing, I I didn't mind the hire. I just thought it was odd that we came back to him. The job's been open. I believe two previous times where he's been the athletic director at UNO and at uh, especially the last time I thought 
that was for sure we're going to go with Trev Alberts, and we did it. So just kind of surprised me that um, not that we went with him or even, you know, kick the tires and see if he was interested that uh, he, you know, this was the right time for him to do it. So just kind of, just kind of odd that uh, it all unfolded how it did, especially so close to season, especially with the new facilities being built, you know, you thought you'd see uh, Moose probably see that out till they open up and then retire. But uh, you know, you were hearing the things about Moose, you know, not, not coming to enough games. I mean, he missed the regional against Arkansas was a no show in there. They were talking about how his basketball suite was never used, um, you know, not coming to all the football games, um, just especially like the, I mean, the regional in, in Arkansas. I mean, that was the biggest sporting event of Nebraska in the last year. It was mainly because we we're in a tournament and we we're able to actually have fans there. So to see him not show up for that, just, you know, it kind of tells us, you know, something else is up. And I certainly understand they say he's spending time at his uh, ranch out in Washington state or wherever. And, you know, when you get certain age, you know, you want to just kind of enjoy your time and your peace and whatever. I, I get that part. But as an athletic director and a face of a program, um, you know, you need to get get out there. You know, a lot of the job is shaking hands and kissing babies, as they say. So um, but, you know, then the day when uh, we look back on Bill Moose, I mean, he made potentially three of the most important hires in the school's history. I mean, he came in and went A plus, A plus, A plus. I mean, he got Scott Frost, which. Obviously, he was time. alumni, and you know, obviously, he was alumni, and you know, that the shoes were set up for him to come here. But uh, he was the hottest coach at the time. I mean, he turned down the Florida job, it sounded like uh, Frost did, and uh, Tennessee, and a couple other jobs, and chose Nebraska. So he got Frost back here, and then went and got uh, Hoiberg to come for the basketball team. Which he, uh, of course, there's a couple connections here. He's obviously from just next door over in uh, Iowa, but his, I believe his granddad used to yep. coach Nebraska, yep. I believe. Yep. Grandpa so, coached here. There was already some uh, tie-ins there, but uh, once again, another A plus hire coach. And then kind of the, which might turn out being the best hire, uh, went out and got Will Bolt from Texas A&M, uh, the assistant, assistant coach there under Childress, who's now the assistant coach here at Nebraska under, <laughs> under uh, Will Bolt. So, um, you know, Will Bolt, you know, stepped up the first season, got cut, you know, got cut off after I think 10 games or so, but you know, his first full season here goes out and wins the big 10. And if it wasn't for, you know, those idiots up at the big 10 office, uh, we would have probably been hosting a regional. And I, you know, I think had a good chance to, you know, go to a super and, you know, if things break our way to, uh, you know, go to the college world series, because we had that good a team, you know, we had good pitching, good hitting, good leadership. So, uh, you know, we kind of got screwed over having to go down to the number one seed, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks and, you know, gave it all we could down there, fought like hell. So, um, but you know, he, he did what we asked him to do. He asked your athletic director to make hires and raise money for a facility. He got us a brand new facility and raised, you know, $156 million for a brand new facilities for the athletic department. So, um, and not to mention yeah. I took on the big 10 last, last year about this time. Yeah. And so, so that's the most recent thing that's uh, happened here in Husker nation. Um, one of the first things after the season, uh, the initial drama was the to bowl or not to bowl, um, which I know this seems like we're talking about ancient history here because it's been nine months ago. But, you know, the Huskers decided to opt out of a bowl game, even though they they were eligible, you know, in this COVID season, you only had to win three games or something. We went three and five or bowl eligible would have been nice to uh, to go to bowl and break that streak. Um, but it, it wasn't the bowl season as usual. It's, you know go sit in a hotel room in Shreveport, Louisiana for three days, going, going through COVID testing and eating bologna sandwiches wrapped up in plastic and, you know, bags of chips and, and not leaving your hotel. So the bubble not thing. really the, 
yeah, exactly. Not really the bowl experience that uh, most kids, you know, look forward to and enjoy. So I, I certainly get it. Um, you know, it would have been nice just to uh, get that get that bugaboo off our back, the whole bowl game. But I certainly understand the circumstances. The guys have been going through testing since I believe April is when they reported last year. So I certainly understand wanting to get home and get home for the holidays and get out of all the COVID testing crap. So I understand that. And then, uh, so the season ends and then, um, you know, the transfers start happening. Transfer season kicks in and uh, oh, what a transfer season it was. Um, we lost the uh, future of our program and uh, our best player in the transfer season our best player. I'm not, he might've been, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but you had McCaffrey and Wondell Robinson leave. Wondell Robinson left to go home to Kentucky and McCaffrey left to go to uh, Louisville to go to Rice to go to, to be determined. <laughs> Cause only a transfer is only, you know, yeah, clearly exactly. the next thing that's going to happen. But yep. so what did you think of those two transfers? I mean, individually, um, it's not a great look when, you know, Frost comes out and says McCaffrey's the, you know, the future of the, of the uh, program and Wondell Robinson is your Mr. Do-it-all uh, running back. I guess he is more technically a running back than a wide receiver. But uh, what, what initially did you think of when those things happened? Well, I'm going to start with uh, with Wondell. I'll get to you soon, Luke. Um, I think <laughs> we know what's coming there. But yeah. Wondell obviously hurt. You know, we saw him up at the podium um, when they were announcing the, the the new athletic facilities project and things like that. Seemed like he was our face, um, you know, kind of the second tier ish uh, face of our program. Right. Um, the future, kind of just the do it all guy, kind of a soft spoken guy that's always going to kind of do the right thing and mm-hmm. stay stay in the good graces of the public eye. And then. Right. But, you know, I was kind of thinking about it a little bit. And when you do look back, you know, um, I think his heart always kind of lied in Kentucky. Um, but he just, you know, he he took a shot here and, you know, he definitely got his opportunity. But, um, you know, if if what they say is true and he went back for the family, you know, then good for him. And, you know, you know, there's no place like home, as they say. So, I mean, right. it is what it is. I think he'll do well there, you know, but at the same time. Hopefully they they don't put in that panic package where they're running him between the tackles at Kentucky because SEC won't always be so nice as the big Cat yeah was. exactly you know I I think that was the main uh, factor but but I mean back to the beginning he you know on uh, when he's in high school he had originally got pressured into committing to Kentucky and then he flipped to Nebraska and ended up coming here and then uh, you know it it wasn't for a lack of uh, carries and opportunity here at Nebraska because he sure he sure got a uh, healthy healthy load of yeah. uh, lion's share of the carries and touches here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think in his little interview, he said, you know, is the, the type of touches he was getting the running yeah. between the tackles. And, you know, he wanted to get out and show, show uh, his work in space, you know, more mm-hmm. as a wide receiver running that's choice routes and all yeah. that stuff. And so, that was, go ahead. And I don't think that was any secret to anybody around here that was, you know, seeing the games and kind of yeah. you know, paying close attention. So I think yeah, that was, go back yeah, it's you know okay. A five foot, five foot eight, hundred and eighty pound guy can only run through the tackles in the Big Ten for so mm-hmm. long before before he breaks, you know, mentally yeah. or physically. And you know, he's he's done both. So, yep. um, but you know, I I've got no ill will towards uh towards Wandell. I I'm going to be watching Kentucky and watching hopefully ball out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then to the McCaffrey, yep. you know, um. He took his ball and went home is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, thinking you knowing that you have a dad that played football in the 80s when, you know, the tough guy, tough mentality was still around and to just 
you know, quit how he did. And not, you know, it's one thing to just, you know, transfer because that's what kids do these days. It's fine. But then transfer within what, 10 days of the next place and, and then have your big brother come out on four come workouts out on Twitter. Yeah. Four workouts, four workouts, not even real practices. They were just workouts. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they had a two year starting quarterback returning. So not sure who the hell told you what, or what information or advice you got, but um, you know, whoever was in your ear about that one was, uh, had you make a bad decision. Um, and then, you know, your big brother had to come out for you and, you know, come after frost. And, you know, when your big brother is Christian McCaffrey, you know, the top, one of the top players in the NFL, it carries a little weight. And of course, you know, anytime Nebraska is getting dogged on the national media is, you know, just like, Oh yes. waiting to pounce. They're like, Oh, not a good look for frost and co like, you know, you know, just fucking having a heyday, you know, the athletics just like, Oh God, here's another 1000 clicks right here. If I just fucking do this. So they just eat that shit up. Anytime it has to do with Nebraska and not being great anymore, just the national writers just can't get enough of it. But um, and then, then you, they go out and post, uh, post the article or what he said verbatim. And it's like, that's not what the fuck he said. Like, no. you know, they just put words in his mouth. Like, well, yep. he basically said McCaffrey, but he didn't actually say it. So I'll just, you know, have him say it for, you know, for some clicks and some likes and some drama here. Cause you know, there's not enough drama here surrounding the Nebraska football program at all. So no. just, just ridiculous. Yep. And uh, so I can put my little two cents in for McCaffrey um, because yep. I know there was a lot of people that were just saying he was the saving grace and, Oh, you know, as a married man, I don't get to say this very often, but <laughs> I told you so. I was right. I saw this right. coming. Little Luke yes. from Little Lukey for for some time now. Um, and that's what I'm going to call him forever, Little Lukey, because Little Lukey, that guy is not a man in any sort of way. Like if you, if you go and you do four practices and then you realize I'm not the starter, and then you just leave again, right. what do you think the Rice Owls think of this guy coming in here thinking he's a hot shot and just? What he, he's just going to come in there and just take over, and he may not. I mean, now he's at for- a powerhouse of the Rice Owls in the most prestigious conference in the world, yep. Conference USA. And do you know uh-huh. who he gets to open up with next year? Uh, he opens up at Arkansas, at home versus Houston, and then at Texas. Okay, so, and so there's three 40-point blowouts in a row. Yep, and so <laughs> when he looks back – Backing up Martinez and being this utility guy where you get to showcase your athleticism, um, you know, on the side probably doesn't seem so bad now because when he's got his ass in the dirt every other play against these these better teams and he's just down there in rice, which by the end of his career, because he's probably going to be somewhere else in the Sun Belt by the end of it. They're not mm-hmm. even going to be a part of like the grand scheme of college football. They're going to probably be on a subdivision by then. So. Yeah, and he can't even go, you know, transfer all the way back and go play for his daddy at Colorado, uh, uh, Northern Colorado, because his older brother has already done transferred back there, who actually uh, can play quarterback pretty yeah. well, the old Michigan quarterback Dylan or whatever. So, so little Lukey, little Lukey, the grass ain't always greener, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but you know, so obviously there's a lot more, but for me, the most the most embarrassing part of the offseason was the attempted Oklahoma cancellation. I mean, just, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes we just, you know, sometimes it's just the national media that, you know, kicks Nebraska when we're down. And then it's times like this where we just set ourselves up to be made fun of and 
shit to be talked about us. And it's 1000% warranted. I mean, what an absolutely pussy move by Nebraska and whoever even thought of this idea should be absolutely fired. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, it was somebody, you know, it's not just some damn intern. So it's, it's moose or frost or frost whispering to an intern to say something else. (laughs) Yeah. So just, I mean, trying to cancel the anniversary game of the, you know, the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, the number one versus number two, Oklahoma, man, woman, and child did that. Put them in the aisles. Fucking the Johnny Rogers fucking punt return. And, you know, uh, Oklahoma has holding up there and they're, they're number one coming into the season. And obviously we're, we're not, but you know, times like this, you just got to go take your ass whooping and move on. I mean, people mm-hmm. will respect you more for going on taking L. Now everybody, no matter even, no matter if we even go out there and compete and play a close game, it's going to be talked about the entire time. You guys even want this. You guys don't want this smoke over here. You guys wanted to quit. You mm-hmm. guys wanted to go play fucking McNeese State or, you know, whoever, Panera Bread. Fordham. 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 Who, you know, that <laughs> – yeah, I, I don't know where they're at. Someone said somewhere's on the northeast, but um, what, what's your take on this whole Nebraska cancellation thing? I mean, just, just a terrible look and just, you know – you just got to want to compete, you know, that's the, just the bottom line. You got to want to get yeah. out and compete, win, lose or draw, go out there and give it what you got and take the L if you have to. Well, yeah. And it was, it, I mean, like you said, it was just a complete chicken shit move and it was embarrassing right. as a fan of the program to sit and watch the whole country shit on us all day. And we, and I, you and I discussed this, like they didn't put out a press release until late in the day when we had already just been trampled on and walked on and shit on right. all day. And then we come out with a an excuse that we were just trying to add another home game because we missed out on so much last year, like every other college program did. And then we scheduled the same game anyway. We were, <laughs> exactly. we were trying to schedule Fordham, and then yep. we just opened up a spot in the schedule and scheduled them anyway when we were trying to get out of Oklahoma. So none of it made sense. It was a really, really bad look. I mean, I think with all of the – the news that's kind of rolled out after that, it kind of got pushed under the rug, but we can't keep doing this to ourselves and expect us to call call each other or call ourselves blue bloods. I don't know right. who does anymore, but I mean, yeah, God, exactly. we are just giving ourselves black guys at this point. Yeah. Every year that, you know, that preseason list comes out, who, who's, who's a blue blood. And, you know, they put it out and we're always on it. We, you know, with other seven teams, the Texas is and the Oklahoma, Alabama's and cetera. And everybody's, Oh, they've Nebraska hasn't been good in 20 years. It's like, do you not understand what the fucking blue blood means? You know, like just when's, when's the last time, you know, the giants been good. They're still a, a good brand. You know, the Yankees have been shit for 10 years. Uh, you know, it's like our, our 25-year uh, stretch from 1970 to uh, 1995 is better than anybody else's 25-year stretch in any point of college football history. You know, five national championships, three Heisman Trophy winners. It's just, you know, it stands alone. And obviously, we've been down the last four or five years now. But even bef- if you go before that to the Pliny, it's like we were winning nine games, which, you know, there was that thing during the Pliny area uh, only like three other era. teams. There was only three other teams yeah. that had won nine games uh, like us, and it was Oregon and Alabama. So it wasn't like, no matter if we were winning big games or not, you know, we were winning nine games, which is a lot better than a lot of teams were doing. So, you know, that era is starting to look better and better as the further we get away from it, you know? Yeah. But uh, maybe not with the way he was coaching at LSU this last year. So, 
you know, and as you know, as if all this wasn't enough kicking the teeth, you know, uh, Nebraska is, you know, coming to the season thinking, you know, we've got uh, you got some nice young players coming in. We've got the defense, you know, of super seniors coming back and we've got, uh, you know, our number one hot shot, you know, recruit. Uh, boom, blows out his ACL, you know, before before practice even starts. Uh, Thomas Fedoni, our number one recruit out of uh, Council Bluffs, uh, tears his ACL. And just just another one last kick in the teeth, you know, of a just a treacherous offseason for the Huskers. Um, but, you know, we attended that open that open practice Nebraska had and j- seeing Thomas Fedoni next to uh, Austin Allen and Volkolek. You know, it's uh, he, he wasn't he wasn't right. He's got play, a little work but, to do. He's got. A yeah. Work like to do. Yeah. I mean, gr- now, granted. Austin Allen and uh, Volkolek are probably two of the biggest tight ends in the entire fucking country, but you know, six, nine, two sixty, mm-hmm. and fucking six, six, five, six, six, two seventy. So they're, they're potentially the two biggest tight ends in the damn country. So, but there was a very large discrepancy on size in between those guys. But um, I think, you know, it sounds like he's going to attempt to make a comeback and play for these last maybe four games of the season, hold that red shirt. And I think the kid's going to be special, but uh, just, you know, it's never good losing your top recruit before the season even kicks off. So just uh, one last thing to, to frown upon. But, um, you know, so about that. I do have the, a positive uh, spin alert. I, oh, I do have okay. a positive oh, we, spin alert on that. Positivity. I feel like the, first, the news channel where I just hey, no, 20 it's, minutes okay. of bullshit I, I I, and then like squeeze in a little good news at the end. I got, I got to sprinkle it on a little bit here and there just to <laughs> kind of keep everyone engaged or whatever. But um, yeah. no, with the Thomas Fanoni injury, I, I do I do think this is – there's a couple silver linings here because I don't think that he was necessarily going to be maybe, you know, in the, in the top two on the depth chart this year. And when that happens to a big time recruit like him, I mean, he was damn near a five-star um, right. that, that kind of uh, that frustrates him a little bit. So I yep. think that um, I, I never want to see a kid injured, but I think this might be like maybe a, a good thing and not, not for his knee obviously or his body, but I think that, might be a good thing for him to be able to kind of sit back and like learn from these older guys like Austin Allen and Volkolek. I mean, Austin Allen's a very, very well-spoken, like good dude. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, hey, he, pre- he pre- presents himself very, very well in the, in the, in the public eye. And, um, and I think he's going to be, you know, maybe a, possibly a guy that can play on Sunday. And so um, not only, I, I think we retain Fedoni, um, you know, for the long run, because, he's going to feel that love and support over the, you know, this tough time right now because no one wants to ever, you know, um, have that type of injury, but he's also going to learn a lot. He's got the athletic Mm -hmm. natural ability already, but when you can have that dog in him too, he's got some dog in him. Yeah. And when you got that, uh, that better grasp of the playbook and what you're supposed to be doing and kind of uh, you kind of take on, you know, more of a leadership role down the road because you do have that better understanding of what's trying to be accomplished out there. Um, you know, that could, that could pay dividends in the, in the long run. So, yeah, no, the tight end room. I mean, I feel great about our tight end room. I feel like if Austin Allen was playing at, uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio state, uh, Austin, Allen would be Austin Allen would be a, a first round pick. I mean, the guy is not just a mm-hmm. big, you know, fucking draft out there at six, eight, you know, running down the field, the guys six, eight got some weight on him and is athletic as hell, you know, a former basketball player and he's got good hands on him. So, it's just a matter – I mean, he was probably our best receiver last year. It's just a matter of getting the ball to him more and getting him in positions to uh, for him to be able to make plays and show off his skill. 
But um, I am, I mean, Austin Allen is a Sunday guy for damn sure. It's just a matter of if we can, you know, do the things around him to uh, get that shit on tape and, you know, get the scouts to see and seeing what we're seeing. But, you know, I'm already from this uh, current fall practices. There sounds like there are uh, a lot of scouts at practice looking after mm-hmm. the tight end uh, group. So tight end group is strong. Um, yeah. You know, back to, you know, we went to the, um, the open practice and uh, the scrimmage, the red white game, what other uh, position groups were you looking at or anybody else that popped up to you on there? So anybody I went to, I know I went to um, both the open practice and the spring game, at least the first half of the spring game. So right. I took a lot of the same takeaways from it. Cause yep. I, to be honest on the record, I did enjoy the, uh, the practice more. I feel like it was just more authentic. It was more guys right. kind of getting out there Whereas the the red white game's more of just kind of a show. Um, right. Obviously, you know, me being me, I I paid attention to the quarterbacks and um, and so you know just based on what I saw, um, primarily from Martinez in the spring game, I thought he looked really sharp. He definitely has an extra kind of like a little step, uh, that extra step again. You know, we didn't yeah, see it as much last. Yeah, he's definitely slimmed up. He's definitely slimmed up too. And he was he was making plays with his feet. He was out running some guys. So. Really good to see. And then, you know, he had a pretty good passing day in the red-white game. He did have an interception at the end of the half, but that was like a tip ball. He dropped a dime on Omar Manning, a deep post, and he dropped it. But it looks like that – Yeah, other good catches throughout the day, though. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that Samari Torre um, from Montana looks to be – As advertised. Yeah, he looks to be kind of his, like, safety valve now, kind of that that second receiver maybe, maybe the first. Um, But he looks good. Um, But anyways – Back to the quarterback. So Martinez, I thought overall looked apart. He's got a lot of confidence. He's the clear leader um, and commander of that offense. So that's always yep. good to see out of your third, fourth year, fifth year, however the fuck long he's been here. But uh, <laughs> and then then we move on to what who what we thought would would be the second quarterback in Smothers, and he, that this guy might be a burner. He might be fast, but that guy can't hit his spots when he throws. Like correct. He um, he really struggled with his accuracy. I mean, the arm strength is you know it's there, um, just as any four star D one quarterback is. But his accuracy has a lot to be desired. So I wasn't real yeah. crazy about him. And then Harburg, um, he's he's raw. He's he you know he's got good size. He also comes from like strong a, arm. Strong arm comes from a yep. class C level high school in Blast Nebraska. It. So he's got he's got some things to prove. And then he now um, suddenly he's kind of going on TikTok and he's he's bragging about how he can throw a ball 65 yards to to Uncle Rico post. style. It's yeah. like dude, if you're a D1 quarterback and you can't throw the ball 65 yards, it's time to switch positions because like right. that's just par for the course. So, you can't yeah. be going on social media and and doing things like you know, if a a, a D1 uh corner goes out and says he can run a, a 4445 like that's just that's something everyone can do at this level. So, you're supposed to be able to do yeah, so um, overall, we're in trouble if 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 Martinez goes down. Um, so I, I sure hope he stays healthy because we don't have a ton of depth there. Yeah, well, before we get out of here on this one, um, there's one last thing I wanted to bring up. I had written down from a couple, probably a couple months ago. They had that big red blitz, you know, where they sent the uh, coaches and some staff and uh, whatever out to all the small towns throughout the state or whatever. And I think uh, I think Frost was in Kearney, I believe. And, you know, he got up there and spoke and, you know, I'm seeing like, you know, snippets of it on Twitter and shit. And I'm like, seems to be, you know, 
38 people there, you know, and, you know, Frost had, he, he had to mention something. He said, uh, you know, he's like, man, I better start winning because, uh, you know, the first year I, we did this tour, you know, there was 5,000 people here and now, and now, now there's, you know, less than 50. And then it, you know, last, what, two weeks ago, we went, um, we went golfing in Iowa with one of your Iowa Hawkeye buddies. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, usually he hears us, you know, just drinking the Kool-Aid of, oh man, this is the year, this is the year we're going to do it. And, you know, he could tell that our tone had uh, drastically changed this year on the outlook of Nebraska, Nebraska 2021. And, you know, not only our outlook and, you know, just from like back to the crowd size thing, do you think that you think that the, the things you think it's shifting on the frost, like people are, you know, coming to the, you know what, go out and fucking prove it to me. Um, Cause this is maybe the least amount of stuff I've heard and people been pumping up for a football season quite some time. Um, I don't know if it's cause we had a season off with no fans in between or just the fact that uh, the performance on the field of what's been going on and, you know, and to take into consideration all this shit that's been going off the field or just people getting sick of frost or people getting sick of losing, or people were just not as engaged because we missed a season of football, basically, fan-wise. Yeah, what do I, think, you like? I mean, he, he, he's getting lost in the shuffle of the rest of the head coaches in major sports at Nebraska. I mean, you talked about right. Will Bolt and what he's done in a short time, and and mm-hmm. you know, not to, not only Big Ten champs and, and NCAA tournament appearance this year, but, I mean, he had a guy go high in the second round of the MLB draft, and you know, when you look at how many guys get drafted in that every year, he went like had 30, a guy 36th or something. Bolt. Hoiberg's had two guys. I mean, I don't know if you want to give him credit for Roby, but you know he went to bat for him. And then right. Hoiberg had the best recruiting class of all time at Nebraska this last year. And yep. then and then you go down the line, John Cook, nothing more to say, but go there. Um, yep. And then Amy Williams, Bam. even the women, women's <laughs> basketball coach, it's like, She's kind of had some mm-hmm. ups and downs, but she—I mean, she's won some games she shouldn't, and she's taken yep. them to the tournament, and she's she's had a lot of success there. So, you know, when Absolutely. when you look at those that that group of uh, coaches, where you know the public eye is mostly on, Scott Frost is at the bottom of that list, man, and and it's it's Absolutely. tough to see he because he was supposed to be the savior, and I mean, it, I hope it, I hope it changes, but it's it's. You know, he's in a he's in a group of very, very young, good, aside from Cook, good and upcoming coaches that, you know, have kind of made their place here. And and he's just kind of trying to figure it out still. Still in the spotlight is shine the shine. The shine is off of him. And, you know, I think that fans yeah. are, you know, they're in they're put they're in put up or shut up mode. And uh, I think this is a big year for Frost. And I think game one is the biggest biggest game of uh, Frost's tenure here at Nebraska. Um, because like you said, the other people, the new coaches are coming in. Will Bolt's got a, a conference title under his, under, under his belt. Um, Hoiberg's got the top, you know, top 10 recruiting class, our first five-star ever. I mean, everybody's feeling good about the basketball team, the women's basketball team, you know, they're playing good. They're knocking off top 25 teams left and right. They're making tournament tournament appearances. Um, so the, the shine is off of Scott Frost and the, this is the, the worst tone I've heard from Nebraska fans going into a season, you know, obviously we're getting closer and, you know, my tone's starting to change too. I'm starting to, you know, these, these, uh, hype videos and shit. Uh, did you see the one-on-one, uh, drill today, of uh, Torrey and, um, uh, Tyreek, the dude from Ohio state doing yep. one-on-one drills is like, oh, okay. Okay. That's I, pretty good. That's catch. what football's pretty supposed to catch. look like. <laughs> that's what football's supposed to look like there. So, 
Uh, we'll see as the, if the tone changes as we get closer. But, um, you know, we're going to wrap it up uh, on, on this. And then, uh, you know, next time we're going to talk about the NIL, the uh, the big thing of now we're allowing kids to, uh, you know, profit off their name, image, and likeness, the big moves in college football along with Texas and Oklahoma, uh, Bolton for the SEC, and uh, all that. And, uh, oh, and there's a baby. And joys of, you know, having a baby. So, but, uh, all right. Sounds we'll like Husky fans. Yeah, exactly. It's she, she's ready for Frost to go too. So, all right. We'll catch you here next time. Thank you. This is the Big Red Revival.